Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Basilio, working in the early morning hours, just like my boy Tom Hart was last night and Chris Burke. Tom Hart, how you doing? And it's hard, you know, you you got to try to turn that clock back. That's a tough thing to do. So you can't go back, though. You can only go forward. And uh, as a great Jeremy Pruitt once said, Tom Hart, you can only go forward. As uh, the great John Adams is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors, online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. Que pasa, John Adams, long time no talk. You hope you're well, buddy. Hey, thanks for inquiring, Tony, and it uh, really hadn't been that long. It was just a week ago. Were we together a week ago? I thought I had a graduation. Well, let me think here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but you you called in, and I didn't, right. recognize, I didn't recognize your voice. I have what we call a drive-by, as we say in the trade. That's what we call a drive-by. But John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. Joe Soy Antonio Basilio, it's outstanding. Uh, and what a day. So are we watching this SEC tournament? Because I understand the Vandy Whistler was in rare form last night, Matt. Are there Whistlers or a Whistler? And one time we had Adam Sparks on, and he said there are Whistlers. One was does one cadence and one does the other. And Matt, what happened last yesterday in the in the in the SEC tourney? Anything worth noting? Um, Besides the fact well, that we didn't play. Well, Florida scored four runs in the bottom of the eleventh to walk off Alabama on a three-run homer. That, um, uh, other than that, uh, kind of went as expected. You know, LSU pounded South Carolina. Vandy beat beat Auburn in the, in the late game. Although I didn't stay up, I couldn't stay up that late and, and watch it. And then uh, Arkansas, who did who did Arkansas beat? I can't even think right now. A and M. Yeah, Arkansas right. walked off A and M. John, I must be a total simpleton because I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday. I still think this Tennessee team has a run in them. Well, you'll be saying that until the last gasp of the season, probably. Which will be probably two games into that regional, the way they looked the I, other day. Well, I, you know, I go back and I go back and look through our stories on the team from yeah. one SEC week to the series. You know, here come the Vols. There go the Vols. Uh, it's such an unpredictable season, and I know it's an unpredictable sport too. And uh, I can't get my camera working for some reason. I can't even get to the icon. Well, you look as good as you've looked to me. That that thing that says J.A. over in the corner. Oh, so you're saying I look better when there's no uh, I'm not my saying anything. Isn't. No, no you did saying, say that. No, I'm saying you look as good as ever. Yeah, so, that's what they say. They say to old people, well, you look well. That's what she said. Uh Let's see, where were we? No, but I, I don't know how you can predict this team. Yep. And it goes all it goes all the way back to the well, you could say it goes to the opening series in L and um in Arizona, but more significantly to me was the opening series at Missouri. I mean, I know it's on the road, but I'm thinking Tennessee sweeps that series. And it got swept and the games weren't that close. Well, the weird thing about that series, um, 
the the weird thing about that series is that um, um, our team took on its personality and really hasn't looked back. Matt, I think that's when it was cast in stone. If the conditions aren't perfect for these guys on the road or they get a curveball thrown at them, so to speak, literally or figuratively, they're just not going to react. It has to go according to script for them. When they went out there and looked like Ralphie from A Christmas Story, um, come on, Matt. They haven't looked back. No, that, no that, that's been who they are. They've played in a number of kind of rainy, dreary type games and, and haven't performed well. The Florida series comes to mind. That's that's kind of who this team is. They have to play with a lead. Uh, are they are they not going to win the that Friday night against Vandy's the only comeback they've had? Granted, that really turned their season around, and it's the maybe the only reason they're going to be in the postseason. But they they have to have a they have to score early and have a lead and, and kind of have momentum. They're you know kind of a front running type team. Um, with and like you said, they need to be sent to a place where. It's great weather where it's you know seventy five and sunny every every, yep. every game they play. I mean, you laugh, John, but if, if they don't have that, this team's going home. They're going to fall. That's, that's well, who they it's are. June. You figure it's going to be hot most places, being it's June and all. I, I love. Well, uh, but you need you got to you got to have not have any rain. I mean, this team nothing. just does not play well in in bad weather. They just they don't handle adversity very well. And Matt, when that Georgia starter went out. In that game, too, on that Saturday, the Vols were getting ready to absolutely rip through the bottom part of their schedule. They were going to sweep that series, yep. and they were going to become they a host a nine team. Game, nine-game winning streak. And they, they folded. The, and they then folded. they not, not even winning the series. They folded in the face of that kid is what they did, who was a hoopty, just like they folded the other day. Against a, guy, a pitcher they'd handle at uh, Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Um, you know, to Matt's point... Yep. It's like one bad ball strike call in the first inning uh, provokes a complaint, and it's almost as though it can permeate the team. These guys are are really fragile, really fragile. Tony's, you know, we had a stat today. They brought back the series. What's up, Alex Myers? They brought back the series. Let me find this here somewhere. Brian, what's the number? I had it on the blog today. The the NCA the NCA tournament's been played every year since what nineteen forty seven, and I think I deduce that that seventy six years or and they're getting ready to make their thirteenth appearance in the um, in the deal. They're only their thirteenth appearance, and Tony Valls in five years has four of them. If you don't count the COVID year, so he has a third basically of our postseason appearances, and we've been beating on this team. We've been playing college baseball since 1897. Eric Waddell brought us that yesterday. This is going to be appearance number 13, and uh, the bottom line is they've been playing 76 years. We've had a tournament. We've been at 13 of them. And so we average one tourney appearance every 5.8 seasons, and Tony Valls goes every year. And, John, he's made it matter here to the point where they're getting ripped on talk radio. Like yesterday, we did a show grading the team. 
people are calling from all over the country, just, you know, just some people giving high grades, some people not. Somebody called me a Tony Vall shill, said it was embarrassing how I apologized before I, they said, every time you criticize him, you always say you love him. They said, you don't say that about Rick Barnes when you go all in. And I said, hey, Derek Dooley noted. Uh, I Derek Dooley noted. <laughs> but let me say Thanks. this. Yeah. This, this guy's made it matter. But they really urinated me off this year because this is a this is a mentally weak baseball team. They are what they are. They're mentally weak. But but Tony, here's another thing to keep in perspective when you're evaluating Tony Vitello. And I don't think this is being a shill at all. For one thing, Tennessee has incorporated in so many more, so many different fans who've never followed Tennessee That's right. baseball before. That's right. You know, not everybody's Earl and Judy. They're there for the worst of times. But a lot of these fans are newcomers to the team, newcomers to the sport. And this sport is extremely unpredictable, and you go up and down. You could lose you could lose a, a heated battle for a recruit, one guy. You have a couple of pitchers get hurt. One guy just has an offseason. And all of a sudden, you can go from top to bottom, which is what Ole Miss is an offending national champion. And we're reminded of that every time we're watching the SEC Network because they keep showing this documentary of their uh, epic season. But now they're the worst team in the league. Awful. I, I mean, the coach didn't suddenly become incompetent. And Mississippi State can't get out of their own way. Tennessee hammered them. Uh, Here, here's the thing. Two, year, two years in a row for State. Tony Voss told me off the air, he said, I'm not going to say this from front of a microphone, but we had a bunch of guys that we didn't think were going to get drafted that did. We had some high school kids we didn't think that were going to be, that were going to matter to us. He said, I'm not going to say that to anybody, and you don't need to cover for us. But the reality in our sport is, he said, you need luck. And, and we had some kind of bad luck in terms of, and then we had some guys, some depth guys last year in our roster that we thought were going to be back, including um, Seth. Seth, what's that kid's name? Matt? Stevenson, Stevenson, the left fielder. Yeah, they didn't think he was going to get drafted, and he well, went late. He's a three hundred hitter. And your 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 middle infielders had career years and got drafted in their first years as starters. And wasn't supposed to happen. So, but but see, this happens with every baseball that's team right. in the SEC. That's and right. And the league is so good, the fall from top to bottom. It, it can happen very easily. And, and so it's really the fact Tennessee went from the number one regular season team in the country, a team that finished, uh, that was regarded as one of the best seasons ever in the sport, to a team that didn't do as well but still made the NCAA tournament. Which in our in, around here should be celebrated, but it's not because we're dragging them because – and I'm part of that because we did a Garza Law Tennessee uh, baseball extra innings after our first game, and I think that's the only one we've done this year. Because I said, as events warrant, we will do them. And truthfully, for this club, events didn't warrant. Because I'm gonna tell you, and I shouldn't say that Missouri series. I still can't get over how bundled up they were. It looked like they were going to Antarctica. It looked like I was watching a special on PBS. No offense to them. I, I mean, station like zebra. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are you at, searching for polar bears? Are you going to the center of the earth? I mean, what in the – what? It, and then the uh, Missouri kids are out there in short sleeves like, hey, we're going to play ball. We're going to whip you this weekend. And, and, and truthfully, 
it set a tone. That thing set a but I, I'm going to get off that because the Lady Vols are streaking. Nick Moyle, San Antonio Express News, plus SEC scheduling. Does Nick Moyle like the 3-plus-6 model where Texas and Tennessee and every other SEC team will get three permanent opponents and six rotators? Or does he favor the 1-plus-7, and i got to ask Sean Adams about that, where you get one permanent opponent, and then seven rotators, which means that you play the entire league every two years, and that if you if you stay four years in the league as a player, you will play in every stadium, which you can't say now. You can't say that now under the current format. Under the current format now, Brian, it takes like, what, six years to get to every schedule, every uh, stadium with, with uh, the divisional well, Georgia, format? Georgia's still yet to make a trip to Texas A&M. Oh, so it takes 20 years. For so that's, that's been 10 years now, plus. I mean, Johnny Football. Did Johnny Football play in the league or no? Yes, he did. He's one of the greatest players ever in the league. Forget well, what happened afterwards. Thanks for the memories there, J- Jimmy Haslam, who said that somebody on a stoop told him to draft him. That makes sense, yeah. Jimmy. I mean, you ought to, well, take a brief T.O., come back. Nick Moyle after this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. You bow your head when you say his name. Uh, Nick Moyle makes a return appearance here. The Lady Vols in Texas are going to be on ABC this weekend. Brian, is that where your elimination game is tonight? Are you guys on ABC? Are you getting eliminated on ABC tonight? Your Boston Celtics, Brian? Inquiring minds want to know, what channel are you getting eliminated on tonight, Bri? Well, I think the uh, Sixers were eliminated on ABC, if my memory serves me. That's well played. John Adams will have to tell you, with seniors helping seniors, that's well played. Well, Tony, I watched my first NBA game in the, all year because I wanted to check out the Joker with Denver. How great is he? And now I just love that Denver team. Oh, he's Those magical. guys can shoot the lights Buddy, out. it's a great – the playoffs are so good in the NBA. And I mean – And, and the, the Lakers had no answer. It'd come down to crunch time. Yes. Watching that big guy lumber up the court with oh. the ball, and you think, oh, he's going to lose it. It's like Polish Joe out there. The guy looks like – literally looks like Polish Joe. <laughs> Nick Moyle now joining me. San Antonio Express News. And do, do I see that right, Houston Chronicle? You're doing both of them? I do both. I pull, I pull double duty. I unfortunately don't get two paychecks, but I, I do work for both. John Adams, do you relate to that appearing in multiple newspapers yet not being compensated as such? 
<laughs> Tony, I'm How just do you glad plead to, on that? How I, don't, do you, I don't care where the column goes. I'm just glad to have a job. So, <laughs> so guilty as charged. Nick, um, how excited are people down there for that first pick in the draft in San Antonio? They won the lottery. Oh, man, it's it's crazy, man. Like we were talking about it, you know, if there's a uh, once-in-a-generation big man in the lottery and the Spurs are involved, they're, they're probably going to get that lottery ball to come up. Um, it's it's awesome. You know, it's, it's this whole community, I mean, the whole state's really excited about it. Um, but I'm actually pretty particularly excited, too, because living up in Austin, the Spurs are actually started playing a couple of home games every year up in Austin at the new Moody Center. So we're actually going to get a little bit of Wembenyama up in here, uh, which is going to be great. But, you know, I think it's, Probably the perfect landing spot for him. Obviously, he did not want to go to Houston. You saw him kind of do a little fist pump when that when they came up at four. Um, so I'm excited about it, man, especially as a guy who loves hoops. Uh, I'm I'm stoked to get down there and and kind of see what Pop can do uh, do with this kid who looks like he's just unreal. Every time I watch him, it doesn't even look like he's like a video game. Nick Moyle breaking it down scientifically, moving right to left across your device. Ladies and gentlemen, the Texas uh, softball team comes in. They have five true freshmen. But they've got a human metronome. Their head coach, John Adams, check out this consistency. Now, I want Nick Moyle to answer this, okay? But this guy comes from Oregon. And to say that this guy is consistent, try this on for size. Hey, Nick, he's been to the Super Regional how many times now as a coach? So he did it all nine years at Oregon, and he's done it in four or five years at Texas. And the only year that they did not make it to the Super Regionals was because there was no NCAA tournament. It was the 2020 COVID year. And when the season stopped, they were 24 and three. Um, so yeah, like you said, human metronome, pretty much it. If you're fielding a, if he's fielding a softball team, he's going to get you at least to the Super Regionals. And, uh, in those 13 years that he's gone, they've gone to the Women's College World Series six times, including last year. Uh, where they had that runner-up finish and just got, you know, Oklahoma pummeled everybody last year. But that was, you know, the, the first runner-up finish in Texas softball history, which is kind of hard to believe just given the talent that they've had here. But, yeah, man, this this guy gets in the postseason and he knows the right buttons to push. He knows, you know, when to make the changes. He, he just, he, he's got his head on a swivel. And, um, you know, he's a fun guy, too. He's a little cheeky, too. He's a Kiwi from New Zealand. He played fast-pitch softball and stuff. So he's he's a fun guy, but, yeah, man, he's he's been on an incredible run since he took over Oregon in 2010 and, you know, came over to Texas in 2019. So this guy is originally from New Zealand? That's really interesting. And speaks with the accent, the whole thing? Oh, yeah, accent, whole thing. I mean, if you guys listen to him this week, you're going to love him. Um, so he actually, he played, like, fast-pitch softball. He was, like, I think he won, like, whatever he represented new zealand in like the men's softball world championships and won a couple of gold medals like he was actually a phenomenal pitcher himself on the fast pitch softball scene and you know obviously since he's come over and started coaching in the states um he's he's been one of the best in the in the country i think he's won like 80 percent of his games like i said they're going to super regionals they're going to college world series they're they're recruiting the hell out of the, the whole country um, so he's an interesting guy, and um, you know he's he's not afraid to speak his mind. So you know, hopefully he'll give you guys some some good quotes this week. So Texas softball starts five true freshmen. They're thirteen in America. They're uh, they're an underdog uh, in this series, but yet they have some history on their side. Tell me about their ball club, and I guess let's start with Leanne Good. Yeah, you know it's really interesting because yeah, like you said, they, they're starting you know five five true freshmen. Um, they have another one off the bench that's playing a pretty big role. Um, one of their starters, Sitlali Gutierrez, um, she she got some run in the regionals in the Austin regional, pitched really well. Um, Leanne Good is her second baseman. She's batting like three forty, three fifty. She was right in the running for Big Twelve Player of the Year. 
Uh, their catcher, Reese Atwood, um, has been phenomenal, built both behind the plate and at the plate with their bat. Um, so when you look at it, it's, I, I think everybody maybe expected this to be a little bit of a, of a down year relatively just after they went to the World Series last year. Just because they're so young, it just feels like they're, they're so ahead of schedule. And like their other main players are also, you know, sophomores, juniors, girls that are going to be around for the next few years. So obviously they want to come into Knoxville, play really well in advance. But I think at the same time, just because they are so, so young, it feels a little bit like they're playing with house money. Um, but yeah, these, these freshmen have been phenomenal. They've been nailed. They, they didn't lose a game just like Tennessee. They swept their way through the regional last week. Um, you know, these, these women, they definitely don't seem like they're freshmen, seem like they've been around for a while. And I think you got to credit Mike White, um, for having a team prepared. But, you know, like you said, they're underdogs this week. Tennessee is a really, really good team. There's not really any holes there. Um, you know, Tennessee, I think they had like 10 freshmen. They really need to play two of them big time, which is Carlin Pickens and, uh, Brockenbauer out in the outfield. Um, but you know, you look at it, yeah, Tennessee, they're home, they're, they, Kiki Malloy's arguably the best player in the country. She's almost a 30, 30, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Um, so it's going to be an uphill battle for them, but I'm excited to watch it. It's two really good teams, UT, UT. Uh, and then we'll be getting those in the, in the coming years in the SEC, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which I want to get into because I want to talk to you about the football scheduling because I really want to pivot to that. But you talk about the Lady Vols. You know, we're looking at them and we're saying, you obviously follow the sport very closely. We're looking at them and we're going, okay, this might be Tennessee's best chance to win a national championship since the days of Monica Abbott. Uh, they use the transfer portal. They got a couple, I guess they had a couple kids right out of your uh, league, uh, including a couple of key position players and a pitcher. So the question for you is, if Tennessee gets by Texas this weekend, which is expected, but you never know in that sport, and Texas certainly sounds capable, what about inevitably meeting up with that Oklahoma team? Can anybody beat them, or is this the Oklahoma Invitational? Yeah, I, it's just it's just hard after watching this team for the past three years. I think they're they're what fifty one and one this year. Um, you saw, you know, like I said, looking at Tennessee, they don't really seem to have any holes. Oklahoma doesn't have any holes. Um, there's not a gap in the lineup. There's not a bad arm that's going to go into the circle. Um, they they just go out there and they just kind of they, they don't even really let you into the game. They just absolutely flat out dominate you. Um, that's what they did last year in Texas in the in the. College World Series Finals, it was amazing. They were just launching balls into the parking lot left and right. You know, Texas was supposed to be, you know, supposedly the second best team in the nation, and Oklahoma looked like they were playing in a completely different league. Um, so, you know, I, I would say if you're looking at it, Tennessee probably has as good a chance as any, along with maybe, you know, UCLA, Florida State. Um, but I just I just have a hard time seeing anybody beating Oklahoma once, let alone twice, in the, in the double elimination format. That's just... That's honestly one of the great NCAA dynasties that we've seen in the last few years. It's, it's, they've just been on a remarkable run. And like I said, even the most talented teams that I've seen, you know, Texas, Tennessee, it, they just don't stack up. It's, it's remarkable what that program's been able to do. And I would be completely shocked if somebody upsets them, not even once, not, not twice, but even once on the road. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, anything could happen. That's why we love sports, but I just, I can't fathom the Sooners going down. Nick Moyle, next month. Because this league's getting ready to get really strong in everything. These spring sports that we follow, uh, two really good baseball programs be coming into the league, and they got to figure out scheduling. Got to figure out in all these sports how we're going to do this. There's talk in the football realm, and I want to bring my panel in now. As Nick Moyle, San Antonio Express News slash 
Houston Chronicle joins, and he's been so great to us down through the years. And uh, Nick, we really appreciate your time and love your takes because you're not afraid. First of all, you're you're a knowledgeable guy, but you're not afraid to state your opinion. So, the two models that are being bandied about right now, and we had a gentleman on uh, SEC Mike a couple days ago. Does a really good, uh, really good podcast and. Three plus six, which is nine league games, three permanent opponents, six rotators, or one plus seven. They got to try to figure out how to make a 16-team league work. Nick Saban apparently is on board with the one plus seven. Several other league institutions are on board with the one plus seven because they want to preserve long-standing traditional interstate rivals such as um, South Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, etc. Nick Moyle, which of the models do you favor and why? Are you a 3-6 guy or a 1-7 guy? Personally, I, I, I kind of like the 3-6 um, the setup. I, I just do kind of enjoy having those three annual opponents that you know you're going to get every year. Um, and I think especially that's kind of what a lot of people around this, this part uh, of the country are kind of clamoring for because, you know, those UT fans, obviously, look, if you if you do the one permanent rival, it, it's going to be Texas and Oklahoma, um, and then you're going to get A&M, you know, maybe every other year, whatever that might be, the, the way that it works out logistically. Um, so I think, you know, if, let's say with Texas, you were to go to that, you know, three annual rivalries, um, it would be OU, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. I think that would be really cool, and then you get to rotate it, you get to travel around, um, I, I think what's going to be super interesting, too, is just because of the landscape of ha- how quickly everything's changing in college athletics with realignment and everything. I mean, I, I don't think the SEC is down growing, to be honest with you, and I don't think the Big Ten is either. I think those two are going to keep sucking up as many programs as they possibly can, so the scheduling is probably going to get even maybe a little bit more difficult to figure out down the line. Um, but if it, I'm looking at it right now, you know, I, I think it would be cool to have those three annual opponents rotate in every year let you go to different spots, and especially, you know, since Texas hasn't played a lot of these SEC schools in a really long time. You know, besides, obviously, you know, you had the Alabama home and home. They'll be in Tuscaloosa this year. Uh, but besides that, they haven't had too many, um, you know, matchups with the SEC teams. So just from my point of view, I, I think I would kind of enjoy that because you do get to have those longstanding rivalries renewed. You get those three guys that you know you're going to see every single year. And then you get to mix it up a little bit. I, I think it's kind of the best of both worlds. I don't know that there is a perfect solution. But just from my vantage point, I think that's probably, that would probably be the most enjoyable to me. Nick Moyle, San Antonio Express News, joining us on your Tony Basilio show. He's appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Online at tldlogistics.com. TLD Logistics has done a great job uh, with us in presenting Tennessee baseball all year, including Evan Russell's offering on Mondays, which Evan will be with us Monday for the draw. We'll be on live with Evan during the draw, Matt Dixon's Tennessee Baseball Short Porch, Matt Dixon's work over at tclub.team. John Adams, are you a 1 plus 7 guy or a 3 plus 6 guy, and why? Tony, I'd like to see 10 conference games, not 8 or 9. I think uh, when you look at the SEC, what's, it, what's its catchphrase, its slogan? The SEC just means more. So the SEC is going to expand to 16 teams, and they say, well, we're going to play fewer conference games than anybody. Uh, you promote yourself as the biggest, bat- baddest league in the country, rightfully so. 
but it's like these guys, uh, I don't really want to play another conference game because the league's so tough. It, it's almost like it makes you wonder about Nick Saban's influence in this conference. I know he's the great, greatest college football coach ever, but he's not running the SEC. And I think he's the main proponent of this. But Tennessee, if you go to a one's, uh, a one seven, Tennessee's permanent opponent will be Vanderbilt. How many books have been written about the Tennessee Vanderbilt football series, Tony? You know that off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. Um, um, uh, his name, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Oh, God, I'm, I'm choking on this. The guy that hated Vanderbilt. George Cafago. George Cafago, thank you. It was called I Hate Vandy by George Cafago, the only book ever written about him. It, I, I know, but, I mean, it it's it looks so contrived, and I really think it ha- could have a, a backlash, maybe – uh, the SEC's angling to get, like, it's going to get more teams in bowls, more teams as a candidate for the uh, the 12-team playoff that will be instituted in, in 2024. I think it's just the opposite. If you're going for that final at-large playoff berth in that selection committee, if it's looking, it's having a really hard time between maybe deciding between uh, a, a Big Ten or an SEC team or maybe even a Big 12 for that final berth is going to say, well, you know, those SEC guys, they they play, they only play eight conference games. And I just think if you play nine, your strength of schedule is significantly better. You're playing in the best league. And I think you take a nine and three team from the SEC that's gone through a nine-game conference schedule, I think it will trump just about anybody else when it comes to that final at-large bid. And you know, it's just a. I want to see more SEC games. I don't want to go to a sixteen-team league league and see just uh, just see eight conference games. Hey, hey, Nick Moyle, one thing I've learned is that you can't trust these jokers, and you've seen it down <laughs> through the years in that league when they split the damn thing apart, when they separated Texas and Texas A and M, and here's what I'm hearing. The, the one plus seven model, the reason they like to park here for now is because ESPN's paid for eight league games. Why would I give them free inventory, make them pay more if they want nine? Or if they want ten, make them pay more. The one plus seven model that these people are advocating would allow you to play every team in your league. Um, every kid that stays four years plays in every stadium, which isn't the case now under the division format. So this would solve that. And I just wonder uh, if that's why they're doing this, if if it becomes – because all these decisions are financial. And you saw down there with Texas where Texas – and to John's point, you know, sometimes you do things and they don't work out the way they're supposed to. We all thought Texas was going to dominate college sports when they got their own network. And the opposite happened. They got their own network, and they just disappeared in football. It was the damnedest thing. But we also thought, Tony, when when Nebraska moved on to the the weaker division in the Big Ten, that it would be a powerhouse. Yeah, went just the other way. Went just the other way. So, Nick, your thoughts on what John said, and because the one seven model, I would not surprise me if they go that route. It just wouldn't. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like you said, uh, you know, in, in the end, uh, this all boils down to money, doesn't it? Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's was the kind of the impetus behind all the, the college realignment. You know, I mean, it's because you look at the Big Ten and the SEC and they're getting, what, about maybe 50 million a year, uh, approximate payout for school from, from their media rights deal. And that's just their, their, their first and second tier media rights. When you look at, I think the Pac-12 was maybe getting like 30 million, 30, 35 million, something like that. So that's significant. And there's so much more exposure. Um, and it's funny you bring up the Longhorn Network because a lot of people talk about, you know, you know, you had your own network, blah, 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 but there was nothing ever on it. It was just they, they kept showing the same replay of Vince Young scoring a touchdown in the 2005 <laughs> National Championship game. That's, a, that's just reruns of that. Um, and I think it kind of hurt the Big 12, too, in terms of them wanting to, to negotiate their new media rights deals. Um, there's definitely a lot of... Um, bitter and little re- bit of a resentment um towards the Longhorn network which uh i think has only got maybe a year of existence left because we're going to fold it into espn and the sec network when texas makes that jump next summer um you know like i said you know it's it's interesting that we're still you know we're coming into summer and we still don't have a consensus on on the scheduling here uh it's been really interesting you know, i talked to chris del conte ut's um athletic director the other week, for he's he's going up to um, the SEC meetings. Obviously, um, he'll be doing the Big Twelve meetings, which are, which are next week. Um, I think virtually. I don't I don't think he's going to those in person. Cause that would kind of probably be like showing up to your, you know, ex-wife's new wedding or something like that. I think it would be a strange situation for them. Um, but I, I think the plan is they want to try to get this ironed out. You know, this week it just yeah. seems like there, there's not a consensus at all. Still, it just seems like there are two different sides of the story. And everybody seems like they're still really far apart, and we're kind of, you know, we got time here, but not not that much time to sort of get this sorted out and figure out how to, you know, do the future schedules. It's, is it's there? Kinda, yeah, answer me this: Is there heat between A and M and Texas still? Is there still lingering heat? Because I want them to drag this into the league, and I want some drama. <laughs> can we get some? What can we expect to get some drama out of these folks? Because that's what I'm looking for. I want some WWE drama behind the scenes. I, I think so. I hope so. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely still animosity. There's, you know, every year you get a story about, oh, uh, you know, A&M was, was ducking playing Texas in a, a non-conference game or, you know, vice versa. Um, it's definitely still there. It's just you haven't heard quite as much of it um, in recent years. But I'll, I'll tell you, man, everybody, um, the UT fans had a really good time watching A&M this year, just kind of like the same way A&M fans had a really good time watching Texas lose like, six straight games, you know, in 2021. That was a little bit of a dumpster fire. So, so the heat's there, you know, and their, their ADs are both pretty outspoken dudes. Um, I could see them kind of getting into it a little bit. They're, they're both fiery. They're, they're both, uh, interesting folks and not afraid to speak their minds. Um, you know, and I think it'll be good. It's, it's been weird that, that, you know, that rivalry that existed for over a century, um, just went oh, wow. dormant. And, and a, it was just kind of, you know, one of the, the unfortunate outcomes of all the realignment and, you know, the, the last yep. te- decade of how much college athletics well, has just changed. I was talking with John yesterday off the air about this whole thing, the scheduling deal, and I know he's poked around on it. And he was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, they're going to play eight. But here's the thing about these people. you got to remember this now. Oklahoma and Nebraska no longer play. Texas and Texas A&M split up a century-long rivalry over money. Over money. Right. Penn State and uh, – and, and, uh, Penn State and Pittsburgh no longer play, which I grew up in that state. And when those two teams played when I was a kid, the state stopped. I I remember being in a downtown square, and people were literally watching TV on the street like you saw back in the 50s 
with the games pointed out. This is before the days of sports bars. John remembers these days. But the game, and everybody had it on the radio. And the, the state literally shut down. And they don't play the game anymore. I mean, it's just like, you know why? Because we're in different leagues, and it's just about money. And so don't trust these people. Those of you that think the 3-6 thing is solid and set in stone, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But let me come to you, uh, Matt Dixon. You've had a couple days to think about it. The 1-7 model, Matt, where are you? Uh, I, I definitely want the 3-6. The and I'm kind of like John. I, the more league games you can play, the I think the better now that you're expanding. Brian Hartman? We've had a chance to think about it. I want three six. I want Alabama on the schedule every freaking year. <laughs> and same goes for Florida. Same goes for Georgia. Boom. Tony, I wrote, I wrote a column a few years ago about why Tennessee was a disadvantage for having Alabama as a permanent opponent. Yep because Alabama was at the peak of its dynasty at the time. And, and Florida and Georgia didn't have to play Alabama every year. You're at a distinct disadvantage. And I appreciate the tradition and the history of the rivalry and how much it, much it means. But you have to adapt to the changes. So in a way, I'm being hypocritical uh, about this. But the response was universally opposed to my idea. The fans basically said, we don't care if we're not winning right now. We want to keep playing Alabama. Things have changed. Things will change. And they changed last October at Neyland Stadium. That game means so much to a lot of people. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, administrators look at things completely different. They look at they this. Care. No, they, they, they don't they're care. looking at dollar and cents. But I think they're also looking... And this is where I think they're wrong. I th I think they believe this will enhance their chances of getting more teams in a 12-team playoff. I don't think it will. Uh, Nick Moyle, so if it is a 1-7 model, Texas would fight for Oklahoma over Texas A&M? Yeah. yeah Why? If Why that, is if that? That's it. Why? Well, I think because they, that's their longest standing rivalry now. Um, and honestly, I, I just think that they, that whole weekend at the Cotton Bowl in the middle of the Texas State Fair, um, it's such an experience. It's like, it's what every single person in Texas and Oklahoma circles on their calendar every year. It, it's an incredible event. I don't know if you guys have ever been able to make it out to it. No. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a remarkable time. There's over that weekend, you know, it's, hundreds it's, of thousands me, of people. Nick, I went to it once. Is the state fair is incredible there? Yeah, yeah, What's it's incredible. You got big tech hanging out. You got the corny dogs. Um, I mean, it's an incredible experience. And then right in the middle of the state fair is, is the old Cotton Bowl, and you know it's where these two rivals. You know, the stadium is divided. People are throwing bottles at the buses. Um, you know, you're running out through the tunnel, and people are jeering at you. It's 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 awesome. And I just don't think that they want to lose that, and I also don't think the state of Texas wants to lose that either. What is a corny dog, by the way? Uh, so corn dogs are like the official um, food of the uh, the Texas State Fair, but um, there's like one stand of like the corny dogs that's been there, I guess, since the State Fair has been operating. It's called Fletcher's Corny Dogs. But, you know, it's just sausage on a stick and, you know, it's dipped, dipped in, um, I think it's what, cornmeal, and they fry it. Sausage? And you, pull, 
Yeah, and you put a little put a little mustard on it, and it's delicious, man. It's just a you know, hot dog on a stick. It's a deep fried hot dog on a stick, essentially. Brian, would you yeah. eat that? Would you eat a hot sausage on a stick, Brian, with some cornmeal on it? Corny dog, Brian. Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to see it in private. I'd have a visual of it before kind I have a visual, Matt. Decision. Hey, Matt, you got a visual. What's your corny dog? Yeah, you just, just got you got to try it at least once. Yeah, Brian, you you take a bite of the damn thing. I mean, good gosh, we're not asking you to buy a car here. <laughs> good night, uh, Nick. Uh, it, it's always been my perception that the, these long-standing rivalries, Texas looked at Oklahoma as an equal. Uh, it never looked at Texas A&M as an equal. It was just kind of, yeah, it's a, another little Texas program in the Southwest Conference that we're going to beat every year. Oklahoma was an equal, and it was a national rivalry, even though the schools aren't that far apart. So I don't think they've ever looked at the A&M series the way they did uh, the Oklahoma series. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that assessment. And obviously, you know, Oklahoma has a much more sustained track record of recent success than Texas A&M. Um, and especially for Texas, usually, you know, if, if you go out and you beat Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl, you're probably on the way to a really good season. Um, and that doesn't, hasn't necessarily been the case the last few years. Obviously, they beat a really bad uh, Oklahoma team last year, 49 nothing. Um, they beat them once in the Charlie Strong era, and that obviously didn't really turn into much for Charlie. But, you know, usually you're, you're playing Oklahoma that's usually a top 10, top 15 team. It's always a good resume game. You know, they're always in the running for, they're usually in the running for a national championship or spot in the college football playoff. So I think you're spot on saying, you know, they, they do view Oklahoma as that equal. Obviously they're, they're making this jump to the SEC together. You know, they kind of hatched that scheme together a few years ago. Um, and you're right. So kind of like Texas a and is almost that like annoying little brother that kind of keeps drawing at you. Um, but you just kind of push him away and push him away. Hey, Nick, who hires a uh, coach first when they get to the SEC, Texas or Oklahoma? The guy at Oklahoma Ooh. looks a little dumpster fireish, but Texas always has an itchy trigger finger. That's that's a good question. Um, I don't uh, you know, Texas, they've made, you know, unless we get, uh, let's hope to God that we don't get another Chris Beard situation. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, I, I just I just don't think you know Texas. I think all their coaches right now really saw it. Obviously, all their Olympic sports have been phenomenal. Um, they they're obviously come. They just hired Rodney Terry coming off a good basketball season. Um, I think obviously probably the one to watch is Sark. Um, you know, it, I would say you know Texas. They really really want football success, and if this year goes poorly, I don't think they're going to fire Sark. But he'll he's he'll be on the hot seat year one going in the SEC, which is the last possible thing they want for this program. He um, or so the I guy at Oklahoma. Uh, my point is here here the guy at Oklahoma. Who goes first when you join the league? Ooh, that was my original question. What do you that's, think? Because I don't tough, trust man. him either. I don't trust the guy at Oklahoma, and I know they're yeah. not going to stand for what's for what. And and the sad thing is he was left with kind of a dumpster fire. But at Oklahoma, they expect you to win 10 or 11 games, and they don't play with you after Bob Stoops. They're not playing down there. I would say I'd probably lean just toward Venables in Oklahoma right now. Um, You know, you'd expect them to kind of get back on their feet this year, but that was, you know, a really brutal uh, Brutal. debut season for him. Like I said, I mean, that was, was, you know, Texas fans had a great time. That was the worst Cotton Bowl, you know, Red River rivalry I've ever watched. Oklahoma was not, I mean, they didn't even have a quarterback ready to play that game. It, It was unreal. Um, it was just kind of like a gross mismanagement. And like you said, I get it. You know, 
a lot of guys went to USC, a lot of guys transferred after Lincoln left, but just to see Oklahoma down that bad um, was really surprising. So, you know, if I was going to lean one or the other, I'd probably say him right now. But we'll see, you know, because Sark had a bad year one. He rebounded. Last year wasn't great, but obviously they got, you know, a top five recruiting class. You got Arch. You're looking good for the future if you have another good season. So, you know, I think Sark's probably a little bit safer right now. But, you know, I can, I can see both of them, you know, going down in a few years once they get in the SEC and if things get a little too heated for them. On the way out, is Texas going to whack Alabama this year, which should have happened last year, by the way? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because you look at the rosters, and I think Texas is actually, you know, right better. there with them. You know, Alabama is, isn't quite, you know, what they've been on. You know, their quarterback situation is a little up in the air. Um, I could see Texas scoring enough that, you know, we'll see if, if Quinn can stay healthy. We'll see how they play on the road. That's, that's a tough place to go into in week two. But I, I do think they have it in them. Like you said, last year, made, you know, there may be one Quinn Ewers injury away from, from beating that Alabama team, and then who knows how that season turns out. Nick Moyle, if folks want to interact with you, how do they do so? And give me a prediction on the Texas Lady Vol series, which is why we brought you on here. And then look what you did. You drug us into a like a long discussion, That's man. That's what I do. You were incredible <laughs> today. You touched them. You even and by the way, and give me another prediction since you follow the NBA because Brian Hartman over here is a huge. I mean, a huge Celtic fan. He always wears his Kelly Green everywhere he goes, or his Celtic Green everywhere he goes. And they're gonna get. They're going out tonight. I got bad news for him. But give me your prediction on how long they last, and then uh, the uh, Texas Lady Vol series. Well, I think, you know, I, I think the Celtics are going to take it tonight. They're, they're in Boston, I think, right? And I think, um, what, Gabe Vincent, it, it's, which is amazing that we actually have to care about a Gabe Vincent injury alert in the playoffs. Oh. So that's what the Heat are doing right now. I think Gabe Vincent's out. So I, I think the Celtics are going to take this one. I still think the Heat are going to win this series back in Miami. Um, but for, honestly, the Nuggets are the best team in the league right now. I, I think it doesn't matter who necessarily gets to the finals. I think the Nuggets are going to win. Um, and if I'm looking at the you know, the balls and the horns, um, I think the horns put up a pretty good fight, but I, I think Tennessee is going to win this. You know, I think Texas could take the game. Um, I could see it going to a game three on Sunday, but I just think Tennessee has too many good arms. They have too many strong bats. You know, they're great on the, on the field and the base pass. So I think the balls are going back to the uh, World Series. I think it would be for the first time since 2015. Nick Moyle, I found you dynamite. You have a Dwight Gooden. If folks want to read your stuff or interact with you, how do they do so? Uh, yeah, you can, y'all can find me on Twitter at nrmoyle, M-O-Y-L-E. Yeah, shoot me a follow. And Goldbrick Joe says, San Antonio Brahmas forever. He wanted me to get that in there for you. The Brahmas, love it. Have a Dwight Gooden, brother. Take it easy, fellas. John Adams, uh, your thoughts on that appearance by that gentleman? We touched them all. He's one of the best, uh, guest media guys you have, Tom. It's incredible. Yeah, cause you hit him with a lot of stuff, uh, you took him off to the softball into different worlds, blamed it on him, and that's just your stick, I understand. Right. But he handled it very well. Uh, what I, if I had one more question for him, I would have asked him, uh, just not that long ago, Urban Meyer, kind of out of nowhere, said he thought Texas might have the best roster in college football. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, why would he say that? Well, here's another thing, guys. Urban Meyer's always scheming, right? We know that. And you know when you're when you're in this deal and you talk to enough people, you know he's an absolute schemer and a scumbag, but what a, he can really coach. He's a great coach. A great coach. He's so gifted. 
And if he wanted to be employed today, he'd be employed. It's not this, uh, you know, the morality clause thing only applies to guys that can't play. The the guys that can't do it in in professional and college sports, that's who it applies to. The guys that can really do it on his level, who cares? Rick Pitino will always be employed. It doesn't matter how many Italian specials uh, that we have at the Italian restaurant. But here's the thing. Uh, We better cheer for this guy at Oklahoma to win this year. Matt, have you thought about that? Because I don't want to think about that. We better cheer for this guy, Matt. Tennessee fans. Well, as long as Bob Stoops has any influence in Oklahoma, I don't think Tennessee fans need to worry about anything. But again, Oklahoma fans eventually will look at him. If this guy craters this thing, and our guy Steve Spurrier, John, Tennessee fans better cheer for that guy to have some success. Well, here, here's a good, another. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Oklahoma in this scenario. Uh, Texas is an extremely liberal university now. And there would be a huge backlash to rumors that Urban Meyer could replace Steve Sarkeesian at some point. At Oklahoma, <laughs> it's just win, baby. And, and I really think Oklahoma... Oklahoma hasn't won a national championship since 2000. That's right. 23 yeah. years. That, All that Oklahoma winning. fans, they don't get thrilled about making the college football playoff. I, I mean, this is one of the greatest programs in college football history. I'm not saying our guy would leave here. And you're oh, I, no, about, I don't think. You're no, talking about Urban I'm, Meyer. But, but, I'm talking about Urban Meyer. But I don't want. I just don't want the drama, is my point. Because no, I, I don't trust don't us Josh, down through the years. I don't think Heifel yeah. would go. No. But I don't trust the – I don't trust – it's almost like I've been burned so badly so many times here that I keep waking up and going, is this real for Tennessee football? This I know. Perfect coaching. <laughs> I you don't want the drama, but you're starting it. <laughs> I know. He's a studied contradictions. But, but here's the thing, Tony. Urban – Josh Heupel, I think there's more chance of Josh Heupel going to the NFL. We talked about this before. Yes. I think it's much more chance of him going to the NFL than Oklahoma. He, he's got as good a situation as here as you could really almost could hope for in college football uh, because the expectations going in were, were so little, and he's done so much in two years. So he's good for the next few years. I, I just couldn't see him going back to Oklahoma. But I think about a program as storied as Oklahoma and the hires it's made in the past. These, these, those fans, they want championships and they're tired of not winning yeah. one. And Brent Venables, I know he had, as you pointed out, I know he had, he took over a, a program in, in turmoil. Yep. And he lost his best player. He lost a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They all went out the door. Yep. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, but the Oklahoma fans say, okay, but a down year at Oklahoma, you're still supposed to go eight and four. You find a, w- a way to win eight games. How long did they keep Howard Snellenberger, a national championship coach? They don't play. Wait, it, I mean, he was gone in months. It, they just, they are not going to mess around with Brent Venables. If he has another season this year, yep. like the last one, I think he'll be gone. And why wouldn't it hurt Urban Meyer? It's a very vapid and shallow take. I don't hire 
head football coaches that look like they could have written Wango Tango and Cat Scratch Fever. The guy looks just like a demented Ted Nugent over there on the sidelines when you look at him. And listen, I know that's a vapid thing. I'm a very vapid person. I'm very shallow. Uh Hour number two on the radio with John Adams, who's not, and Matt Dixon, who's not, and Brian Hartman, who tonight is going to feel pretty shallow when that game's over, minus Gabe Vincent as the Celtics get beat again at home as we continue after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TV back with you, hour number two on the radio, along with you. 865-200-5402. We're going to go to our phones. Uh, We've been discussing a lot. I, I guess one thing that is interesting about the 1736 split conversation is which teams are in which camp. Matt, in your mind, what which camp should Tennessee be in? Um, because if I had the chance to have Vanderbilt as my one opponent every year while everybody else is playing somebody real, I think I would lobby for that if I were Danny White. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's very, very beneficial to Tennessee to – I mean, that's probably the best matchup of any team in the league is, is to get paired up with Vandy. So I don't know why Tennessee wouldn't be opposed to that. But, again, even the 3-6 model is a much better um, schedule for Tennessee than the current format. So, I mean, regardless, Tennessee's getting a break. But, obviously, the 1-7 the with Vandy would be the biggest break of all. Which is probably why it's not going to happen. Going to go back to our phones, 865-200-5402. What's interesting, John, is that Tennessee might be in favor of that, you know, their camp. I don't think our fan base would be, though. The fan base wants to play Alabama every year. I think the majority of fans feel that way. Even if you could create a competitive disadvantage because that would be a real edge for the Vols. If you wake up every year and your opponent's Vanderbilt, it doesn't get any better than that in this league. Well, and under this format, you would still play four non-conference games, so you're going to lead off, try and get a, a non-conference rivalry going with Virginia, which is going to score 17 points max, and that's probably not going to beat Tennessee ever with Josh Heupel. So, you got, so you're starting out with five wins. Yeah, but it, but in coming years, you would think Tennessee would beef up. See, that's the one thing about the 1-7 model is that you could beef up and, and play people in the non-league, which would keep the intersectional rivalry alive in college football. What you advocated earlier, and I don't think you're kidding about 10 league games, is you would create an insular league where you're only playing each other. Yeah, but you're in a 16-team league that still could draw, still could grow perhaps – I mean, but when you bring Oklahoma and Texas in, 
do you really need an attractive non-conference matchup? It's like you're talking about broadening the competition. Well, I mean, Oklahoma's not, this just in, Oklahoma's not in the southeast. Um, I, I just, I, I the, to me, and we go back to the COVID year 2020, I enjoyed that season more than any other because every Saturday I got to watch SEC games. SEC teams are playing other SEC teams. Yeah, but teams. that would get that would get that would get old after a while. You got to have a little no, flavor, don't you? No, it would never get old. This is the best league. There, there's so much hate, and you love hate or heat as you call it between programs. There's so much of that in the SEC, and we'll get more with Texas and Oklahoma. So I want to see that. Every, I want to see that every year. If Back. they went to, yeah. if they played all SEC games, I'd be fine. Jump back to our phones, 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome in. On our Thursday edition presented by Seniors Helping Seniors, John Adams' appearance. Hello and welcome into our next call. Sorry about that, Don. It's, it's Rusty. Didn't interrupt. Go hey, for it. Um, I got I, the takes on this three and six and one seven thing. It's super interesting. It's weird. I got like four things about it. One is I was completely against. One seven. When I first heard about it coming out with SEC Mike the other day, hated the idea. I'm leaning to where I'm kind of in the middle now. I don't really care either way. I know if we do the nine games, you're never going to get a home and home with Tennessee, Oregon again, or Tennessee, UCLA. We're not going to have that going to. We're not going to come to the Rose Bowl or go to Eugene again, ever, if you're playing a nine game SEC schedule. Right. I think that's right. I think if you play nine league games, you're going to schedule a so-so Power 5 team and a couple of absolute hoopties or three hoopties. Right. You're going to play Indiana or Virginia or Wake or somebody like that is your Power 5, other Power 5 ones that are close to home. And you're probably not going to give, you're probably not going to give them a home and home. You're just going to play them in Knoxville. Um, Duke's going to get a lot of Durant. phone calls. That's right. Duke is going to get a lot right. of action. Right. And you're going to play... All three of your non-conference games, will, you'll almost always schedule at home. You'll never do home-and-homes with anybody if you're playing nine SEC games because you're, you're going on the road five times in the SEC every other year. It's just going to not. So that's one negative. I think a lot of this, though, is it's really posturing because they're getting paid $978 million in their TV deal from ESPN to play eight games. And if they're going to play the ninth, they're trying to leverage right now with letting all this news out. ESPN to come back to the table and give them another $25 million for that ninth game. That's my guess is what's really happening. Any thoughts? Well, John. I think that's, yeah, and talking to some people, I think that's very accurate. Um, you know, nobody nobody uh, turns up their nose at another $25 million. I just wonder right. how, how far, how high can you go with these networks, uh, how I mean, how far can you push them? At some point, there's, I mean, there's, there's no their money's limit. not there's infinite. No there's there's no limit, John. There's not. It, it can keep going up and up, and it's going to continue. Um, I can one, remember going to an point. SEC spring meeting, and they were talk years ago, and they were excited because each team was going to get eight million. Each SEC team would get eight million dollars in uh, TV revenue. And what's the split now, John? Gosh, it's uh, in it around. Well, the 
the new contract will be even better. I'm thinking sixty something million, maybe it's I nuts. could be off on that. Yeah, it's but nuts. it's like uh, around it's fifty million. It's crazy. It's over forty million. It's basically sixteen teams splitting a billion dollars. Is what it really is. This is NF. This is the NFL light here in this league now. The the other thing is, as a Tennessee fan, selfishly, I don't want to lose Alabama every year, but I'm not going to lose that much sleep if we play Bama every other year. I guess the anticipation will just build more for that matchup. I do know that I bet somebody in the SEC offices, and I bet a lot of coaches are thinking. If we play nine SEC games in a regular season, we're going to have less teams in the playoff every year. But see, I don't, I don't agree a, with we're, we're that. We're going to add a loss to everybody. And yeah, I, I don't agree games. with that. I think a nine-game schedule, when if you're playing an eight-game schedule and every other conference is playing a nine-game schedule and every conference uh, talks about how tough it is to go through a league a league schedule, that there, there are a lot of rivalries and, and upsets happen more often. I think that's a good selling point, and I still believe when it comes down to that last at large bid, if another conference has gone through a nine-game conference schedule and Tennessee or any SEC team has gone through an eight-game one, I really think that could t- be a tipping point. I also, I mean, let's face it, there's a backlash in college football against the SEC. I mean, it's the best league in the country, and it has been for a long There's time. There's fatigue. There's SEC yeah. fatigue. That's a real thing. Of course there yeah. is. Yeah, you've got 13, 13 of the last 17 national championships. Yep, controlling yeah, the sport. I mean, SEC, four in a row now. Right. They had a seven straight. So other the rest of the country is anti-SEC. Yep. And That's my point, though, John, is I think if you have the ninth game, every team's made or, – the five teams that are fighting for those at-large bids, they're all probably going to have an extra loss. And the committee will use that against them because of SEC fatigue if they have that extra loss because they well, play in that game. And, yeah, that, and that's can, a good you yeah, to where that, if if Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm sorry. There, that's a good counterpoint to my point. But I still say when you, when you uh, present yourself and bill yourself – is the best conference in the country, and nobody can argue with that. That's fact. That's not conjecture. So when you do that, when you say, "Yeah, but we don't, we want to play. We don't want to play any more conference games," it's kind of contrived in my mind. When you look at the teams that are likely in favor of this, they're going to be teams like Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Mississippi State that are trying not to get into a bowl to a college football playoff. But a bowl game, a lot of times. You think we're for it or against it, John? Here, are we for it or against it? What do you think we are? Um, well, I think it depends on who you ask. I, I think athletic director Danny White probably would go for the one and seven. I mean, the one and yeah, one and seven. Um, he's pretty crafty in dealing with the schedule. I mean, he he got rid of a trip to BYU. Uh, Tennessee's playing Virginia in the opener. That's that's another Vanderbilt. You can right. count that in win column right now. So here's so, what I'm thinking, John. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. So there, and some fans will say, "Yeah, I like that. It's another chance for a win." Uh, others will say, "Man, Alabama. I don't care how good Alabama is. Yeah. We want to beat Alabama." Hey, That's hey, Brian, how the fans I'm, look I'm, at it. I got a quote for Brian. From average Joe in Twitter spaces, he said, you want Alabama on the schedule every year, Brian, with two smiley faces. 
We have Brian one went, great Brian wants to home and home with Bama every and year. One, and now we have one great season, and now you all think we're on Bama's level? Dumbest blank I've heard all year. Guess you all don't like going to the playoff to have a chance at a natty. Just stop. We don't need more conference games, Sean Adams. Why do you want to play? He rips you too. Why do you want to play nine? Straight the schedule's already be better than 90% of the other teams outside of the league. It's excruciating enough to, for the Vols to have to get back to relevance again. Why do you want to go make things harder for us? I'm ready for us to go to the ACC. That that is a that is a brave opinion. I think uh, I think Tennessee's getting better anyway. I think it's going to be in the college football playoff a lot, and uh, I, I, I mean because of Josh Hype and what's going on with that program right now, just coming off an eleven two season, uh, you, and how well he's recruiting. So Tennessee doesn't have to be worried about. It shouldn't be running scared. Nope. It just beat Alabama. It hammered LSU in Tiger Stadium. Not the best LSU team, but a team good enough to beat to beat Alabama and to win the SEC West, toughest division in college football. So you just win games like that. I mean, you're not. Hey John. You don't need to be thinking like Kentucky. Rusty, one more final final point. Hit it. Hey John. Yes. There's one team that's been been putting together a cruddy schedule forever now. And won't play anybody, and their name is Georgia, that's and they've right. won back-to-back national titles because of it. Thank you, Rusty. Good talking to you. And that's a good point. Well, my counterpoint to that is go back and look at Georgia's last season or the season before that. When was Georgia at its best? In the big games, not the little ones. It almost lost to Missouri last year. Georgia, Georgia doesn't have to be. And remember, Georgia was going to play Oklahoma too. Uh. If not for the, you know, the, those games weren't, Georgia didn't cancel that game. Uh, I don't think Georgia's worried about making the playoff. Back to the busy, busy phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on your Tony Basilio show on a Thursday. I'm my friend to Patrick doing today. What's up, W? Well, uh, I'd like to bring a silver lining in memory of Roger and Ben Bird uh, to this conversation. Uh, congratulations to our Tennessee Volunteers. They won the all-sports championship in men, women, and combined. Back-to-back. Back. Raise the, the banner. time ever. Well, it's quite, quite an accomplishment. And, and I've always believed, a lot of people don't care about the, these uh, Olympic sports winning championships in them, but I think it enhances the overall athletic department. And just because you might not watch those teams play, I think Tennessee has a, a great tennis coach in Chris Woodruff who's done so well. I, I think it just it creates an atmosphere of winning at your university. I think it matters. And if you're going to pay somebody to run a program and you have the resources that Tennessee does, you should strive to win championships. That's what Florida always did when Jeremy Foley was the athletic director. And and I think Danny White will will continue that. And, and so I think I think good things are ahead in all Tennessee sports. And I also think that we ought to take over the Longhorn Network and make that the SEC Olympic Sport Network where we can watch tennis and track. Mm. And soccer and volleyball. What do y'all think about that? I think well, you still have to. Of you people still, would agree. 
you still have to run. Maybe then you wouldn't have to watch uh, 50 reruns of Vincent Young terrorizing Southern Cal in that that's national championship. Well, but that's what ESPN Plus. Game. That's why, that's why we have ESPN Plus, though, W. Lynn. And ESPN Plus is that. a great value. A great value. But uh, also, I would like to point out something about how good our baseball program is uh, under Coach Vitello. Against the 13 teams currently in the conference, we only have a winning overall record against three of them. We're 3 and 10. You mean lifetime? If you look at. What's that? Yeah. You mean lifetime? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. lifetime wow. against all the 13 teams. We only have winning records against Georgia, Kentucky, and Vandy. In five full seasons, this guy's going to his fourth NCAA tournament. That's insane. Yes. Know. That's insane. Insane. So, yeah, he, he's, he's brought us to the mountaintop, and we've slid down a little bit, but... Uh, if you look at our overall history, it kind of goes with the, who came up with the, we've only been to 13 tournaments. Uh, Eric Waddell, since 1947, yeah. 13 tournaments. And so my, my stat kind of is compatible with that. You know, we don't have winning records against anybody since the 1800s in some of this. Wow. Except three teams. Well, W. Lynn, you know, when, uh, in evaluating how a program does, I, I think it's important to, put it in a historical perspective. I mean, you go back, and Tennessee's been really good in, in football. Its highs have been really good. It's uh, baseball. It was, I, I think, for quite a few years there, it was borderline the worst program in the SEC. And so, Yeah, it was. Well, when I evaluate what – I can't help but look back on what the program was before he came here. He didn't have a great. He didn't have uh, a great a stadium, com- you know, or athletic complex. He's nope. He was at a disadvantage in recruiting to most schools in this league. If you looked at some of the others, uh, but it, other than that, it, Tennessee just hadn't had success. You can't blame it all on the stadium. He showed that, but I, I think uh, you have to weigh that then in. Tennessee fans look at this as a down year, a down year. Yeah. Tennessee had a winning record in the in the conference, and it's going to the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's a, I know it. You know, that's a, a, a confetti shower in previous seasons. It should be. And this and and the thing is, our fan base, many of whom jumped on, and I'm one of them, jumped on the wagon and Me didn't too. pay attention to yeah. the sport beforehand. I, my expectations were way out of whack for this year, and I'm trying to uh, reel myself in and get real. That's why we're going to Omaha, right, Matt? We can win it and go to Omaha. Sure. Not, when you say to... that, Tone, we're not. Oh, we might go to the Campbell Camels Regional. That's right. They're saying <laughs> we're going to go to Virginia, is. Matt. We're going to go to Virginia, Matt. That's what they're saying. Well, no, wherever we go, really well, right we'll have fans there, and it's you know it's something we can win. I mean, but uh, can I move on to the football conversation too about the conference schedule? Hit it, W. Lynn. Uh, growing up watching Tennessee from 1965 on, what I loved seeing was Clemson coming in here, Miami, South.
Southern Cal, UCLA, Penn State. I just wish the playoff committee would say, you can play eight conference games, but everybody that's a Power Five conference has to play two Power Five non-conference games. Five home, five away. I would love that model. Well, W. Lynn, I'd rather go further than that. Why don't you just say all Power Five conference teams should play each other? Well, I just have I, every I, game a Power Conference to, game. Power I, Five. Mean, I think the group of five ought to play a, a couple of games against Power Five. I, I kind of look at them like I look at the mid majors in basketball. I kind of want to keep one of them in or two, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think ten Power Five games, eight being conference, and then two group of five. No one double A. That, that should be out. One double A. That should be gone. I agree with that. You know, the, the, the group of five thing, I've always thought they ought to have their own deal. They ought to have their own championship. And they ought to play in their own tournament at the end of the year. And people would watch it and gamble on it. And it would make their teams... It would raise and elevate the level of their teams. Th- those teams do not belong in a college football playoff. They just don't. No offense to them. They'd be better well, I know off that. having and, their own know, deal. Get Cincinnati their own made deal. it. And, yeah. You know. That Cincinnati team. I mean, Cincinnati was a unicorn in that deal. That's what they were. They're a unicorn. I know in last year, if we'd have had a playoff, Tulane would have bumped Washington with a 10-2 and two record. There you go. But uh, it's good conversation, guys. I mean, I, I'll, I I just love the big non-conference schools coming, and I'm with uh, the last caller. If you go to nine, I don't know that we'll see that anymore, uh, uh, Tony. We'll have uh, three hoopty mid-majors or something, you know, and I'm we scared of yeah, that. I don't, don't want that. We don't trust these people to do the right thing, Spike Lee, and I appreciate you. Thank you, W. Lynn. I, I, John, when I first heard the 1-7 thing, I thought, well, that's kind of – that's kind of funny. That won't happen. I'm not so sure that won't happen, John. I'm not either, Tony, but a thing that kind of annoys me a little bit. Yeah. What if Nick Saban would have said a one in a one in seven scheduling concept is ridiculous? Would we even be having this discussion now? You really think he draws that much power? Yes. I mean... He's the coach at the football school. The, the SEC's an S, a football conference, really, as good as it is in everything. Football's still the top dog, and he's with the top program. Georgia's, just forget just the last two seasons, maybe Georgia will replace Alabama at the top eventually. It's headed in that direction. But right now, he's the guy, and he's the coach still in college football. And he's not afraid to throw his weight around. No. That's the other you, side of uh, Saban. But do you really think it will make that much difference for Alabama making a 12-team playoff, whether there's a 1-7 schedule or, or you know, the other one, just 3-6? I, I, really, Alabama's still going to make a 12-team playoff. But Saban doesn't think like that. Saban thinks about how can I win all my games. You know that. He's a world domination <laughs> guy. He's not worried about making a playoff. He's worried He's, about winning all his games. Yeah. Yeah. And but, people that have a lot, it, that's a funny thing about life, right? People that have a lot, in my experience, 
do get worried about what other people have. <laughs> Instead of, you would think that people don't have a lot are worried about what other people have, but a lot of times it's people that have a lot. And he's one of those people. He's, he's insatiable almost with the winning thing. And that's why he wins. That's one of the reasons he wins. Yeah, he's because a, he's never satisfied. He's he wants more. He's a sick puppy dog. Let's go back to the phones. So you think he's one of the drivers of this? I do. And uh, I, you know, do you think he was be would be as concerned about his three permanent uh, pro, his three permanent SEC programs if Jeremy Pruitt or Butch Jones or Derek Dooley were the football coach at Tennessee right now? So Do you Matt, think he would care that much? Matt, isn't that an interesting thought? That's a great compliment to Josh Heupel, isn't it? And now, some for some reason, Nick Saban and Tennessee probably are going to be on the same side of this thing. Isn't that interesting, Matt, what John no, just said? Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, a really, really good point, yeah. Because now he faces Heupel, young Steve Spurrier, LSU with what Brian Kelly's going to do, and Auburn. Those are his three. For his remaining days in the league, he he will be playing. He will could be playing two top ten permanent opponents every year. But look what Tennessee has had to do. It's had to play Georgia now. You could Tennessee is playing right now one of the two uh, top, maybe the two top programs in the country. Even though Alabama didn't make the playoff last year, you still can say Georgia and Alabama. You still take them over Ohio State. Tennessee's playing that every year. So as you pointed out earlier, Tony, Tennessee has already gained ground with this with this new alignment. Whether it's even if it is three and six, Tennessee's yeah. better off than it was playing to win a divisional championship yeah. when its non divisional opponent is Alabama. And that was Matt's Alabama point. and yeah. Georgia. Yeah. And that was Matt's point earlier as well. Let's go back to the phones. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. When they split those divisions up. Nobody could have foreseen that Florida was going to be what they were, and they just became a they just became a a thorn in Tennessee's side. Uh, poor Filmer. I mean, back in the '90s, Spurrier would call John in the off season and say, "Ray, write an article," and then he would give him a couple. It quotes. wasn't. It was a little more subtle than he, that. And then he would give him a couple quotes. And away, awesome and then, quotes. And then people like me had something to talk about for for a couple of weeks. And poor Fulmer had to sit there and take it. And John was just doing his job. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the Tony Basilio show. Hi. Hey Tony. Hey uh, John, Brian, Matt, Richie. How you guys doing? Hey Richie, welcome in. Yeah, well, you know, this scheduling stuff, this is this is my bread and butter. This is something I'm really passionate about and actually, actually care about. And, you know, I fall into the 3-6 model, and, and I'm going to tell you a lot of reasons why. And it's basically a lot of the stuff that John said. I think it's absurd to assume that an SEC uh, team that plays an eight-game eight schedule is going to get the benefit of a doubt over a Big Ten team that plays a nine-game schedule or even an ACC team that plays a nine-game schedule because of the said SEC bias. I think this assumption that we're going to continue playing these big non-conference home-and-home if we play an eight-game schedule as opposed to a nine-game schedule is both a little bit short-sighted and and, and really doesn't follow history much at at all. Uh, When we played an 11-game schedule, 
We had eight conference games. We still played a big non-conference games with only three non-conference games. The other thing to consider with the non-conference games is that now that the Fox, NBC, and CBS own the rights to the Big Ten, which is basically half of the big non-conference teams that we might want to play, uh, they may not want to play non-conference games against SEC schools anymore. And historically, the SEC schools have not played the Big Ten in non-league games. And so the idea that Tennessee is going to want to play an eight-game conference schedule on the hopes that one day they might play a big home-and-home series with UCLA and USC, I mean, I think it's a pipe dream because I don't think these networks are going to work with each other. They're going to want to hoard all their games with all their teams under all their contracts. And it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten are not going to play regular season games with this new contract deal. They're not. John, it's do you agree going, with that? The SEC and the Big Ten are not going to miss. Definitely not yeah. going to now. We don't play anyway. That's a great point. We've never played. There's always no, been some kind of like uh, I don't know what is it, John? It's like heat. There's some something there. Yeah, it's always and now it's like a con- and now it's contractual. Now Big Ten has no yeah. agreement with ESPN and ABC. Yep. Yeah. And Fox is going to want to hoard all their games. That's going to be interesting. going to want to hoard all the SEC games. That's right. And and they're not going to play each other. How will that game day show cover? How will that game day show now cover Ohio State and Michigan under this new TV deal? That's a great question. It. I can remember years ago Ohio State playing uh, Michigan one year when they were both very good as they have been many times, and ESPN did a countdown to the game. It was a Super Bowl like build up to that game and and richie makes some great points i i do think yeah the big 10 it's almost as though it's saying well a lot of these schools can enhance their status by winning an sec game the big 10 says we're just as good as the sec we don't need the sec we have the history the tradition no you're not as good you're not as good as the sec but that's the way the conference looks at itself. That's right. And so, yeah, we're on the same level. We don't. We're not going to send uh, Northwestern down to Knoxville and let them get just lambasted. We're not going to send, uh, uh, you know, somebody to Georgia. We're not going to send Michigan to Georgia in the regular season. You know how that would work out. Um, so, I, I think. They're, it's almost like we're, you, they're saying we're on equal footing, and I don't think they want to ri- – they've had a horrible record against the SEC in bowl games. What's weird is, though, guys, we don't play Alabama – well, when, when Tennessee and um, Penn State played, Penn State was an independent. Since they've been in the league, there's none of that home-and-home home stuff. There's no home-and-home home with Ohio State. There's no home and home with Michigan. Didn't Penn State and Auburn play each other home and home a couple years ago? Which was really weird. Yep. And that was the game where I was in the room full of um, Penn State fans, and that SEC officiating crew gave them a fifth down and had a mark issue. And I said, This is what we put up with every week. And you're ripping it off. I'm like, No, 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 no. This is what we live with every week in the SEC. This is what we live with. These guys throw their flags all the time. They constantly get in the way of games. And uh, this is what we live. You need to say it at the game. They were like, Turn on me, John. But the point is, 
It's <laughs> interesting to stop and think about that because have we ever played at Michigan, Bry? And have they ever played in our stadium? I mean, it's just so weird. Oh, they've only played no, one time in no. the Citrus Bowl. And Ohio no. State, Tennessee, only played the one time in the Citrus Bowl. Are you kidding? That's it. There's never been in no. Tennessee. Never I don't think Tennessee's ever played at a Big Ten stadium, period, in the Senate. I mean, you would think, you, if you're Danny White, you just call them up just to break well, the seal. They had the, they had the bowl tie-ins all those years where you didn't want to have Dude, a Why didn't they want to play BYU? So that, I think that was part of it, the Poor fact Danny that they White. had all those bowl tie-ins where they would face a Big Ten and SEC team would face each other. That's not track, but guys. I think that was... But, but see, to Rich's point, when you go to a... If you go to a 1-7 concept, yeah. scheduling concept, yeah. uh, Tennessee is going to play... I, I, well, look at this season. Who's its non biggest non-conference opponent? Its non-conference schedule gives it no help. None. Virginia. It's playing Virginia. Yeah. Okay? So let's just say in 2024 it plays Virginia or a Virginia-like team and it's, and it's for non-conference and then three other pretty much surefire wins, and then it plays Vanderbilt. See, but, John, I mean, what you're missing, if it becomes a criteria, strength of schedule, to get into a playoff, it will force the teams that have playoff ambitions to play people non-league. It will. But I don't – what I said, Tony, I don't think the Big Ten and the SEC are going to allow each other to play each other. And when you eliminate the Big Ten teams, right. who is Tennessee going to play non-conference Go play that is going to help them in, that is going to help them in the committee? Go play There's only Clemson. a handful of teams. Go play Virginia and Tech. Those teams, Go play Florida, Florida State. State. Clemson, Go play out. Go play Miami. And guess what? They're going to be TCU. in the SEC in five years. Well, if or that, the Big Ten. If that happens, then we're having a different conversation. Then you're going to have the well, AFC and the NFC, and you'll be back to vi- well, divisional play, and, you know, come on. Well, you I mean, also think- have the problem where you schedule games five and ten years in advance, so you don't know how good the team's going to be that year. I mean, if you schedule TCU right now for three years, they may be four and eight that year, and that won't help you at all. Which is interesting, because Dave Serrano, I was getting on. Of course, all long. these games are going to be a neutral site game, which just runs college football, but. That'll probably neutral. factor in as That's well, like basketball thing. with the, the net it. stuff. I hate those neutral site games. That's an abomination. <laughs> I, 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 this is what I would say to, to, to John's point. I would rather play nine or even ten SEC games and, and, and not play any That's big non-conference games than play, than play Virginia or NC State or someone like that. And that's yeah, what Richie, what's, what's, exi- what's exciting about playing Virginia, Tony? I didn't say it has to be Virginia, guys. I wanted to go to BYU, which would have been fun. We're not going to play Florida So do you really think we're, Tennessee's going to map out an, an attractive non-conference Clemson. opponent? But, but John, no way. John, we're having two conversations now. One is under a playoff format. If you're trying to get into a playoff, you're going to take that BYU game. You're not buying out of the Virginia game. When you were where Tennessee's program was, you're going to buy out of that Virginia game a couple years ago, and you're going to add Virginia, who's a hoopty. I mean, at, buy out of the BYU game well, and add Virginia. It, that makes total sense when you suck. It would make more sense for the SEC from a financial standpoint if you're trying to make your, your, your strength of schedule better to play more conference games. But it wouldn't make sense to the SEC to give ESPN, which is where this conversation begins and ends because it's all about television dollars, to give them more league inventory for the same contract. 
And that's, that's what they're, and that's what they're going to do, Richie. They're going to hold but it I up. But I think the, expan- the possible expansion also could be holding this thing up. Because well, I don't. I think the SEC is – I mean, look, they already know how close this thing is with the ACC, whether it's close or it's not. We right. don't know. Right. I'm sure Greg Sankey knows. Right. If he's, if he's at this point like, we're going to have to renegotiate this deal in a couple of years anyway because we're going to be adding new teams. Then maybe he's just thinking, hey, let's just stick it with eight for a couple of years and just see what happens. That's two, another possibility. Two 20 to 30 team leagues is probably what we're going to end up. Probably two 30 team super leagues for the things over. Just probably will annex the entire ACC into our deal at some point. But, uh, and not, and it's all on the table. But in the meantime, John's coming around on that one seven. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you, Richie. You can, I will die on that hill, Tony. Well, I got to ask you something on the other side. And Matt, I got to ask you this too. We got into yesterday. I asked folks. Obviously, we're going to serve as a professor. I want to ask you about this Tennessee baseball season and give me a letter grade on the team to this point. Obviously, the final exam is what's about to happen. The final exam is going to count about 40% of the grade when you get right down to it. It's a tournament sport. And when you're good enough to get into the tournament, that's how you're judged. It's one thing when you got Buzz Peterson coaching you and you're happy to get into the dance and everybody gets an A. It's another thing when you have Rick Barnes and you live in the tournament. And Tony Valls is like that. Tony Valls is going to get to the tournament more times than not. Probably, Matt, would you say... If he's here 20 years, you're probably in 16 to 18 tournaments. Is that fair? Is that a fair uh, assumption based on his uh, arc to this point? Uh, yeah, I'd probably put it, yeah, I'd say 15. All right. I'd put it at 15, too. All I right. mean, this league is so good. So four out of five. <laughs> four out of five dentists. So here's my question for you on the other side. Give me a letter grade. For this team thus far this year, the team they have, we've seen it, placing all nine starters, getting back in, and then a letter grade for the coaching staff with everything that's gone on and how they've done. And we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about that. And if you want to jump in, 865-200-5402. Lines are wide open for you. we got about 15 to play. John's presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. And we continue with more right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low-interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you, or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. 
Fast-paced health provides easy access to quality care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and Main Street parades. Your community is our community, and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable health care. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast-paced health. Reserve your spot in line today. Fast-paced health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. PB back with you, 865-200-5402 is the number. It's pretty incredible to be alongside the great John Adams, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors, online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. All right, John, letter grade, baseball team, baseball Vols, Rice fans, Rice fans, Rice fans. Letter grade uh, for the team and then the coaching. Uh, Well, I guess it depends on how you judge this team. I mean, I look at it through a talented prism, like this is a really talented team. And Tony's even said it's a talented team. It hasn't played up to its potential. And I'm talking mainly about its two-star pitchers, Chase Burns, Chase Dolander. So I would probably give it a C plus. Because still, at the end of the day, it's got a winning record in the SEC. It's... uh, it's going to the NCAA tournament. And given the program's history, I can't ignore that. As far as the coach, uh, coaching, I would give it a B. But I might, again, looking at the history of Tennessee baseball, I probably would, I can't imagine ever giving Vitello Lauren a B. And one of the reasons I say that, I mean, this guy works himself to death in recruiting. He is absolutely relentless. That's where he made his mark as an assistant coach. And he's continued to do that as a head coach. I mean, this guy puts in the hours. And, uh, no, he makes, I mean, every manager makes game day mistakes. I mean, it's such a guessing game. Go out, just stay with this pitcher, go with the other guy. You know, it's, uh, so I just feel so confident about the future of this program with him in charge. So I'd just give the coaching a B. Matt? Um, I'd be about a C, maybe, yeah, probably a C just overall. Uh, you're going to make the tournament, uh, which, you know, can't be said for other teams that are as talented as you. Um, Had some disappointments really kind of along the way, both coaching and just player-wise, but I'd maybe, I'd I'd just kind of have it as a C right now. You're on on the verge of hosting, um, and you know, kind of, kind of fell off that, but you're, you're still going to be in the tournament, and you're going to be a dangerous two seed. So I, I maybe, maybe a C plus. Back to our phones we go. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to jump in, and John presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors Online, SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com, and we go back to our phones. Get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on the Basilio Show on a Thursday. Hello. Hey, Tommy. Josh, your boy. Hey, under wings. I just uh, saw your son, Anthony, uh, at the gym I work out at, uh, and we had a meeting of the minds. A meeting of the alleged minds, Joshy boy? 
Yes, sir. Incredible. And uh, I also told him that uh, I loved you. You're an awesome. You're an awesome guy, Tony. Well, I love you, Joshy boy. You're you're a very treasured uh, member of our uh, radio family, our dysfunctional radio family. I almost consider you like a dysfunctional son <laughs> in our dysfunctional but, uh, radio family. But uh, did any of y'all, John, Matt, you, Brian, see that video of Joe Milton at a uh, barstool? He was at the barstool sports studio and. He threw that missile to that guy that almost took his chest out. Matt Dixon, did you see it? Joe Milton's throw heard around the world. Uh, yes, yes. What did you think? Probably lucky he didn't get charged with assault. Yeah, that was pretty incredible, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, he got the strongest arm in college football. Maybe all of football. I don't know. He probably should have his right arm registered as a lethal weapon. Can you imagine, guys, like you're out there as a kid, right? And you say to him, or you just, you know, it's snowing. And let's have a snowball fight. (laughs) And this guy's throwing snowballs at you, and it feels like somebody's hitting you with brass knuckles. When the ball's hitting, when the ball, it's just like your, your, your abdomen, your midsection. Hits you one. So I got to make sure he's on your team. Damn straight. That's the first guy I want. Or yeah, uh, imagine him playing dodgeball like in middle school. (laughs) That'd be my first pick. Yeah, but here's the thing about him, right? He hasn't been the most accurate guy down through the years, so there's going to be some friendly fire in that deal with him in dodgeball. But but also think about it. What if he's playing volleyball? Oh Can you imagine gosh. him at the net? I asked. Uh, yeah. I asked Tony Valls one time. I said, "You think you could have gotten to that guy when he was like twelve and made a pitcher?" Oh my gosh! You imagine him on a mound, John? I could imagine him just throwing it ball, the ball through a catcher's glove. Oh my gosh! And he could, up he could throw you out. He would throw a runner out the plate from like center field from the center field wall. Are you kidding? Yeah. Jameis Winston, uh, Matt, wasn't he a great baseball player? He's like he wasn't he like a relief pitcher at Florida State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have he could have had some kind of pro career. Probably not reached the big leagues, but yeah, he was he was a really really talented pitcher. With that in mind, do you think a major league baseball team deep deep into a draft might might draft him? Why wouldn't if, if they? If it was still like forty or fifty rounds, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You see guys. I mean, kind of those picks like that all the time. You used to see it. Uh-huh. Mike, Mike Piazza was, was one of those yeah. picks. Mike Piazza was one of those picks in deference to Tommy Lasorda, and he made the Hall of Fame. Yep. Tony, uh, I had a little nugget to pick uh, about the baseball team. Do you give me think, a uh, give the, me a snugget. Do you think the weather played a factor in? Uh, Tuesday's game on uh, absolutely not well. Absolutely, because Matt pointed it out earlier, and he's right, and we're just calling it like we see it here. So, unless yeah, I, these guys have perfect conditions, it has to be perfect for them. It's sad to say that, and I don't mean it as a slight. It sounds like it's a slight, but at this point, it's just the reality of the deal. 
They got to have perfect conditions. That's that's why why I'm hoping uh, they land maybe a coastal Carolina regional or even a Coral Gables regional. Yep. Where it's perfect outside, you know. Yeah. Well, I should point this out that South Carolina doesn't have that excuse, and they've only mattered. They've only mustered up one hit today in eight innings against A and M. The Aggies lead five nothing going into the ninth in an wow. elimination game. Aggies lead whom, Bry? It's Texas A&M 5, South Carolina nothing. Ooh. Gamecocks have mustered one hit all day. Wow. Gamecocks are not hosting, y'all. That that ship is sailing They don't on deserve that. to. No. But, no. you know, no, somebody just sent me something saying that they have 20 top 50 wins or something like that. Doesn't matter. They got more top 50 wins they want. They're not hosting. And about Milton going into this season, you think the coaches have worked on – with Joe about his accuracy and his like a bullet. Oh, I'm sure they work on it. I'm sure they work on it all every time because we just talked about with his arm strength. the The story is his accuracy and his touch on footballs. You don't you don't want to throw the Gitmo flare pass out in the flat. No. I used to love when Gitmo would whip it out there, John, a million miles an hour. He uh, had a strong arm too. Backwards, yeah. Where it was a fumble. Yeah, he would throw the thing Jeez. a million, like a trillion. Oh my God, get Mo. But you know what, Joe Milt's arm is so strong. You say, well, I think he has developed a better touch, but it's difficult because even when he tries to throw it not so hard, it's still hard. I mean, to me, I can't think of anybody. Well, John Elway to me had the strongest arm I've ever seen. Yeah, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy's got... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at ChryslerDodgeJeepRamOfColumbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill The Event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at experiencespringhill.com. We hope to see you there. This is Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. Here are some of the questions I get asked. Can I protect my child's inheritance from a divorce? Can I protect my children's inheritance from creditors or lawsuits? What if my child has a drug or alcohol problem? Can I protect their inheritance from that habit? What if I have a special needs child that cannot own property? The answer is yes. Call me at 931-363-7222 for one of my family vision meetings. Your family will thank you. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.